And welcome to the Old Path Bible Study. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in my office at Crossway Church. Glad you're with us this morning. Grab your Bibles. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 13. In just a minute, we're going to dig in here in the last portion of this chapter. We will probably finish this chapter this week, today and Thursday, and uh, we'll just see about that. But uh, I wanted to remind us first that this coming weekend, my son Andrew and I will be in Dublin, Georgia at Crossway Fellowship with Pastor Scotty Williams and the great saints of that church there in Dublin, Georgia. And we're looking forward to that. I'm pretty sure the, the, uh, the services are going to be uh, Saturday morning, Saturday night, uh, Sunday morning, and maybe a broadcast or a podcast, whatever it is, Sunday afternoon concerning something. And I'm just excited, Andrew is as well, about joining our friends there in Dublin, Georgia. It's a great church great local church. I hope if you're anywhere near uh, that area that you'll come out and be a part of our Spirit-Filled Gospel-Centered meetings this next weekend. It is uh, one of the great churches the Lord is raising up in these last days who are learning to become determined to know absolutely nothing other than Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And God's still raising up men and women to carry this blood-stained message and to push everything else to the side. Hallelujah. Because that one message is what brings everything else God has for us into the experience and the expression of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. All right. So uh, let's jump in this morning here in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 18. And let's look at this. And I just have to say that I believe the hungry heart, the thirsty heart, The Lord is always faithful to impart the truth into our hearts so that our feet can be found walking in the way of His righteous steps, Psalms 85, 13. It's the path of the righteous He leads His people on. That's what the Bible says in Proverbs 8 and 20, that He leads in the way of righteousness. And the psalmist wrote it in Psalms 23 and 3. The Lord, He restores my soul as He leads me in the path of righteousness. That path of righteousness means the path of the just. That means the path pertaining to what He did to make us righteous and to justify us. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hebrews 13, 18. Pray for us, the writer of Hebrews says, for we trust, we are confident, we have a good conscience in all things willing, we have a desire to live honestly, which means an honorable life. Now, now notice he's asking for prayer. And his prayer is that they have this good conscience they trust they have, they're confident they have, but that in all things they'd be willing to live honestly or an honorable life before the Lord. Now, let's say this this morning and help you to understand it. I've taught it for years, and I hope it would help some of us today. We do what we do. We live the way we live based on the way we think. And we think the way we think, what we think, how we think, and what we think based on what we're believing. You understand that? It's believing 
then it's thinking based on what we're believing, then it's a life carried out. And the Lord in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3, has told us, his people, that if we will commit our works unto him, he will establish our thinking. And we know he establishes his people in righteousness. So our our hearts must always be believing, and our hearts are where we think. Our hearts, our thinking must always be based on God's word in its righteous context, which means through our faith in the sacrifice, the righteous one who committed himself to his Father in heaven who judges righteous judgment and laid his life down and raised it up again for us. And let me say it again. We live the way we live. We do what we do whenever we're doing it. And we're talking about concerning good or evil or spiritual things that bring forth fruit of the Holy Spirit or not. Whatever the case may be, it's based on what we think, how we think. And that is always based on what we believe. Now, so if we get our believing right, that, that, that means the object of our faith, amen? If the object of our faith is not right, then our thinking cannot be right, even if we think it's right. There, I mean, our confidence and our, our conscience, we may think we have a good conscience, but we'll find out later at some point that this is not right. So we need to understand this. Now, I'm going to show you something in the Bible, and I pray that the Holy Spirit show it to you, because I can, I can tell you right here now where it's written and what it says, but he is the only one, the one who is the spirit of truth, who can impart these truths into your heart with conviction and convincing you to walk this way, to grab a hold of these things that he's offering you. So watch this very carefully today. Pray for us, for we trust, we're confident, we have a good conscience. And what I uh, have mentioned that I brought out on the last two sessions of our Friday morning teachings on Cross Time with Pastor Curtis is a little in-depth look at the word conscience. And this is really profound. This will help you tremendously. The word conscience, I hope you have something that you can just touch it and the Strong's Concordance would pop up and show you the definition of that. You need (coughs) to have something in your Bible studies that show you what these words mean. They will help you see better what you're The Holy Spirit is trying to get you to understand. You have been commanded to study God's Word. And so if you'll obey Him and do that, you'll you'll see in a greater depth. You'll see truth in a greater light. So watch this and understand. You, You probably need to write this down and look at it occasionally with your eyes so you can remember this. Conscience means co perception a co-perception, like we are co-laborers with someone who is laboring. We come along and we begin to labor with them. We're co-laborers. The word conscience means co-perception. We are seeing now the way that person sees. We have a co-perception. We're seeing a light now. 
So the word conscience means a co-perception. A great illustration of this is seen in the book of Genesis when Adam was told by God, commanded by God, that he had the liberty to eat off all the trees in the garden, but he was also commanded, don't eat off of that one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. Well, Adam passed this command on to his wife Eve, and Eve and Adam were living based on that command. They were seeing, they were perceiving based on that command. They had a co-perception with God. They had his view on how things should be. They shared his view. But then somebody else came into the garden. That old lying devil came into the garden and lied and used a, a serpent to speak to Eve. And him speaking to Eve caused her to see, perceive in a different way. And now she was beginning to share another's perspective, another's perception. And now instead of having a co-perception with God, she was beginning to have a co-perception with the enemy. Instead of viewing things the way God viewed it, now she had shifted her view to a co-view of the enemy. You hear me? This is the, We're talking about a good conscience or a not good conscience, a bad conscience. The good conscience based on the Bible is whose view we're sharing. And you have to understand, when God gave the child of God, every Christian who's ever lived, his first view, when he opened our eyes to see his way, it was when he was showing us Calvary. Hallelujah. We once were blind, but glory to God, now we see. Hallelujah. We were dead, but now we're alive. And our perception, our view, must always be to and through that which God looks to from before the foundation of the world and through to do all his works, to speak all his words through. If we don't look at Calvary and through Calvary, then we have another's perception. Our conscience cannot be good even if we think it's good. Do you understand that? I hope, I hope if you didn't quite get this or if you missed part of it or whatever the case may be, go back and listen to it again. Look at these things for yourself. A good conscience requires you seeing what someone else sees. And there is no good outside of Jesus Christ and who he is as the Son of God and what he did as the Lamb of God on Calvary's cross. Remember, there is no spiritual sight unless we're looking to the cross and through the cross at everything God has said and all that God has done and all that God desires to do. I hope you're understanding that and learning that. You and I do not have the right to do what we want to with the Word of God. So when we see here this phrase, we have a good conscience, pray for us, 
for we trust, we're confident we have a good conscience. He's saying we're confident that we're seeing things the way the Lord sees them, that we are seeing the way God sees. We are perceiving, we're understanding with the understanding God has given us in all things, willing, desiring to live an honorable life. So never forget the word conscience, good conscience, means that you are seeing that which is good, which someone else has called good and says is good, and your perception is a co-perception, a co-viewing of what whoever that person is, ours being God himself. Remember Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 1, I believe it is verses 9 and 10 right in there, that if you forget you were purged from your old sins, you will go blind. That means, and that doesn't mean that you, well, I can't, I don't know if I ever got saved from my sin. I can't remember anything like that. No, that's not what that means. That means if you, the word forget there means if you put that on the shelf and head off into something else, read Galatians, you'll find that what I'm saying is true. Peter said you'll go blind again if you forget. That means if you go on to other other objects of faith and you forget you were purged from your sins, you'll go blind. Listen, blindness is when we're not viewing everything through the cross. We can't have a good conscience. Most of what we call a good conscience is based on our carnal feelings and emotions and carnal desires. We have to find the good conscience in the Word of God. Our good conscience is going to be based on faith because faith is how we see. Faith is how we walk. Faith is how we live and move and have our very being in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So he's asking for prayer here uh, because they're confident that they have a good conscience, that they are seeing things the way the Lord sees. They are walking the way the Lord directs. But it's not based on how they feel. It's not based on their emotions. It's always based on Scripture. It's always based on Scripture. Watch verse 19. But I beseech you the rather to do this. What? That I may be restored to you the sooner. That I may come to you quickly that I may come to you before we expect it. I want to be there with you. And he says in verse 20, and this is really oh, a very, very powerful scripture, and it's amazing that we could be right here in the scriptures based on the weekend that we just were in, the resurrection weekend celebration that we have every year. Some call Easter, we call it the resurrection uh, Sunday that we celebrate our Savior coming out of the grave. But I want to show you something in the scripture this morning that is so beautiful and so profound and it should be very precious to us who are learning the way of the cross, learning to become more determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified because that is the direction we're going or we are thinking we are, but the conscience can't be good if we're not. We can think we're going the right way. We can, we, we can think we're doing the right thing, but it has to be based on Scripture. 
And Scripture is always based on Jesus who said the Scriptures were written of Him. The volume of the book was written of Him. You could search the Scriptures all day long and think you find life in them, but until you come to Him, until until the, the expression of what you say you have in the Word is an expression of Him, then it's not life because He is our life. Watch now. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Can I say to you again today, as I said in yesterday's message, even without this verse yesterday, I wished I would have seen it, but the shedding of the blood of Jesus is what allowed him to be brought again from the dead. Let's read it again. Now the God of peace, remember, he made our peace by the blood of his cross, Colossians 1 and 20. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect. You see, the resurrection life and power is in the blood. The resurrection of Je- the power of the resurrection to life again for Christ was in the blood. The life is in the blood. Do you, do you understand that? There is no life of God that He offers to men spiritually and the born again experience to be able to bear the righteous fruits of who He is outside of being. In Christ, and our only entrance into Christ is in His death, that shedding of His blood, where we were forgiven of our sins and created anew in Him at the cross. Hallelujah. Watch, let's read it again because I believe it's twofold. I believe this verse reveals to us that it was the blood of Jesus that allowed the Father to raise Him from the dead. The power is in the blood, the life is in the blood. But it's also showing us here in verse 21 what that blood does for us. It raised him from the dead. His obedience to lay his life down, his own blood shed. In that was the power for God to be able to raise him from the dead. Not that he had any sins, but that he died for our sins. Such a perfect sacrifice. It was so perfect that all sin was atoned for. Do you understand that every man who's ever lived and all the sins that we've ever committed and even the very sin nature that we were, the cross of Christ, that blood shed there, was so powerful every human being could be completely forgiven and washed clean of all sin and made new in Him. That is how faithful our God is to offer a Savior that perfect and a sacrifice that perfect to make us perfect in Him. Hallelujah. To wash us clean, white as snow. Hallelujah. Wonderful good news. Glory be to God. And that sacrifice was so powerful, perfect. Let me say it again, that every lost person in the world, the most horrid, horrible, evil wickedness that has ever existed, whatever that may be, God has offered to forgive it and forget it in the blood of Jesus. 
So there's no need for you and I to live as condemned because God has promised there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. It's gone. It's washed away. So we shouldn't live with hearts condemning us, but with these good conscience. Hallelujah. These good conscience. The Bible says that we have a new clean conscience, been washed by the blood, so now we... We can serve the living God. Let's turn back to Hebrews chapter 9 this morning and see if I can find this. Uh, Yeah, here it is, verse 14. I just love a good Bible study. That's what the Holy Spirit's in. Glory be to God. Sound doctrine, trying to make a people of His sound so that they can live a sound life expressing the one who made them sound. Glory be to God. Jesus is His name. This is Hebrews 9, verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, (laughs) Jesus did everything he did, even died through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. See, it took a conscience being made clean to be able to serve the living God. Because if our conscience is not clean and a good conscience, meaning we're seeing, a, we're, we have a co-perception now. We're seeing what our God of peace sees, our Savior sees. We're seeing the way He sees now. Co-perception good conscience. Hallelujah. If that's, if that's the way we're seeing, and we can only do that through the blood, not just to be born again, but moment by moment of our lives. Jesus taught denying yourself, taking up your cross daily. That means all day, every day. That don't mean when you get up in the bed every morning, you quote something and then Go about your business. No, you're going to have to live this life. Life is consisted of step by step, day after day, week, month, years. It's all your life. And our lives as Christians are to experience and express Christ. Watch now. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, who is that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect. Now understand, when he's talking about through the blood of the everlasting covenant, there's a comma there. So the reference is to what the blood does for us, makes us perfect, but it's also the truth that the blood Jesus shed, the life that raised him from the dead, was in that blood. Hallelujah. You do understand that. The shedding of his blood, the, the life, the life that God offers us is in Christ, in his blood. It's the very place where God found the power to raise his own son from the dead in his obedience unto death, his obedience unto the shedding of his blood. His blood was pure. His blood wasn't like our blood. Our blood is tainted. 
Our lives are tainted and lost in sin until we accept our Savior, Jesus Christ, and what He did on the cross through the shedding of His own blood, that precious blood. He didn't have a sin nature. He wasn't tainted with sin. The only sin that He ever knew was our sin being placed on Him to take the, our sin away. The guilt, the shame, and all the hard, horrible things of sin, it was placed on him and his perfect life, his perfect blood. And he, through the shedding of that blood, cleansed us completely. And the power was there in that blood to raise him from the dead and to make us perfect. Look, in every good work. And that word perfect means complete. Our, our completeness is only found in the blood. Our, we're, if, we're, if we're looking for something in this world or something even the church is offering to, 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 to find our fulfillment, to find our, our place of completion, we're, we're missing the boat and our perception is not a co-perception with God. Uh, the, the good conscience takes place when we're seeing what God is seeing and what God is seeing is what he did in his son on the cross to make us righteous, to justify us, to give us our position in him eternally, to give us a good conscience, to move us from dead works, which include looking for something in this life, even in the church, to make us complete. You hear it said all the time, I'm looking for my place. I'm looking for something to fulfill me. You are in Christ you are already complete in Christ. The Bible says that it's the blood of the everlasting covenant that makes you perfect, that makes you complete. Looking for anything outside of looking to the sacrifice of Christ will cause your conscience not to be a good conscience. You'll have to get around other people who are believing the same thing you're believing, whatever that is, and and that's why I said earlier that most of what we call good conscience is just really not what the Bible calls a good conscience. A good conscience is seeing what God sees. Co-laborer, co-perceiver, co-perception. And again, God looks upon his son and what his son did at Calvary. I mean, God's not pleased with anything that he can't see Christ in. Let me, I need to say that again. God's not pleased with anything he can't see Christ in. You understand? Even though we're saved, born again, even filled with the Spirit of God, when we're not trusting in the sacrifice of Christ and we're found trusting in something else, even the good things we're called to walk in, God's not pleased with that. God is only pleased. It's impossible to please him without faith. And that faith... The only faith he's pleased with is the faith the Bible says we live by, and that's the faith of the Son of God. The Bible doesn't say in Galatians 2.20, faith in the Son of God. It says the faith of the Son of God. And it tells there what he did by faith to prove it's, it means we're saved by the faith of God. Yes, we had to believe into Christ, but it's His faith and what He did by faith that saved us. Hallelujah! He had a commandment to come. 
John 10, 18, to lay his life down, to take it up again. And he had power because he obeyed those commandments to do that. Amen. All right, back to the text. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect. Now, 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 remember this, and we're running out of time, as we always do, but remember this. The sacrifice of Christ, it has not changed. It will never change while we're in this world. Everything God has ever offered man, as far as being with him, bearing his fruit, belonging to him in his family, has only happened through faith in his Redeemer. All fruit that's ever bare, ever, is faith in his Redeemer. It's the only avenue that he reaches through to deal with the hearts of men. And it's the only avenue that men can reach back through to praise and worship and pray to or give to or anything we do, we should be found, as the Word says, doing it as though we're doing it unto the Lord. Well, there is nothing unto the Lord unless it's offered through faith in that same sacrifice. He's offered you all things in the Lord. Amen? Amen. It's really been a great broadcast today, and I'm just so amazed at what we can see in the Word if we'll study it word for word, verse by verse, and allow the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, to keep our eyes on the one who has liberated us by the truth that he came and laid his life down. And we'll start right here on Thursday, and we're going to finish this this next Thursday because uh, we do stuff and, 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 and what we do and, and so, but we're going to finish this and, and, and this week, even if we have to go a little bit further in our teaching on Thursday morning. Uh, so uh, make sure you join in with us live on Mondays and, and, and Thursdays. Pretty soon it'll just be Mondays and Fridays. And uh, as we move our whole teaching to First Peter, probably starting next week, as this Friday we'll be gone to Dublin, Georgia, and uh, but we're going to work on uh, finishing this. This is this is a been a powerful, powerful study. If you jumped in middle ways or you just recently got in on this teaching, I encourage you to go back on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson three sixteen, or the website. Well, pro- well, yeah, maybe the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, and look for Pastor Curtis Teaching, and look for, he- <coughs> I'm sorry, Hebrews, and go back and start in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. That's the way you're really going to learn about the book of Hebrews. That's the way you're going to learn the Word of God, is if you, if you apply your heart to understanding and, and, and look to, to the cross and through the cross at every jot and tittle written, and the Holy Spirit will do great and mighty things in you and through you, and you will be able to lay up much treasure in heaven that will be waiting for you when you get there. God bless you. We love you. And I'm so, I'm so amazed at what the Lord is doing in this last few moments of this last hour, how he's gathering his remnant around the sacrifice of his son. I'm so blessed. Oh, so blessed. Highly favored. Can't lose for winning. The devil can't win for losing. And I'm so glad that God is 
is raising up all these soldiers of the cross determined to know nothing other than his son and what he did at Calvary in these last days. I'm thankful for that focus. I'm thankful for those who are rejecting any mixture in the pulpits, uh, those who are not boasting in anything that God said we're to boast in, and he forgets, he forbids all other boasting. We're not to boast in anything but Christ and Him crucified. Will you just believe God? Will you just believe God? If you do, then you'll see what believing God really will get you in the days ahead. And you're going to need to like never before. If the Lord stirs your heart to give to Him through this ministry, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903 231 5950. God bless you. We love you. And I pray the Lord's touch be upon you today for whatever that need may be, whatever that need may be in Christ Jesus, the touch of the Lord awaits on you there. Put your faith in the sacrifice of Christ, your union with him in his death, and you'll see the power of God in your life. And I pray that that becomes a reality for you. I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.